Good evening and welcome to our Bible study. And as you know, we're going through the book of Hebrews. And if you have your Bible with you, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to start to read at verse 35. So Hebrews 10 verse 35. So do not throw away the confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offspring. And by faith, he still speaks even through, or even though he is dead. God allowed his blessing to that reading of his word. And as we come around it together, let's just pray before we do. Our Father, we thank you again for the freedom we have to meet in this way, although it is an unusual way. But you are still here in our midst. We still have your living word. And we just pray that you will open it up to us now as we gather around it together and we gather in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage that uh, we're coming to this evening, I've titled it, Continue to be Encouraged. And as we approach this great chapter of faith, I want us to consider what has already been said, remembering that these Christians are Jews, Jews who under the old covenant would have had to have followed the old ways of temple worship, the offerings and the sacrifices. And the writer has explained the importance of the old covenant, but also he's explained the greater importance of the new covenant. By the power of the blood of the once and for all perfect sacrifice, the old covenant has been surpassed. Let's just go back and read from verse 17 and 18 of this chapter 10. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more, and where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So, now that they have believed and trusted in the blood of Jesus, and their sins have been completely dealt with, there is now no need for them to follow the law of Moses, knowing that for them to reintroduce elements of that style of worship from the old covenant into their lives would actually be an offence to God and would belittle the death of Christ, that once and for all perfect sacrifice. All the work of salvation has been done by Jesus. Now that the writer has brought his readers to this point, he can say, by faith you have been saved. By faith you will obey God's law. By faith you will worship God. By faith you will love and serve him. By faith you will love and serve 
each other. Now, the writer has already been hinting to how they can do this. We, we can see elements of it all the way through his writing so far. And if we go back again to verse 22 and 25 of this chapter 10, this is what we read. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we possess, we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spare one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this really is a summary of all that the writer has been saying, and it's an introduction to what he's about to say. But notice in those verses, notice these things. He refers to a sincere heart. He talks about the things that faith brings. He talks about faithfulness. He talks about encouraging one another and sparing one another on towards love and good deeds. Notice that. Good deeds are there, but they're not there until the faith has been achieved. And then he goes on in that passage, encouraging one another, the day approaching. So that's referring to the return of Jesus, the day approaching, and that's what they're waiting for. But the importance here is that it's by faith, by faith, by faith. By faith we believe, by faith we live, by faith we worship, by faith we work. Faith comes before works. Works come as a result of faith. Faith is the to-do word. It results in action. Our theme for this morning, continue to encourage and continue to be encouraged. How do we do it? Well, we do it by faith. But what is faith? Well, the writer's going to tell us in the next chapter. But first he has to remind his readers of the certainty that Jesus will return. Their faith is in this certainty that Jesus will return. But part of the reason some are being tempted to go back to some of the old ways of the old covenant is because they thought that the return of Jesus might have happened within their lifetime. And they were beginning to lose heart. And by that little sort of lack of faith, People were beginning to challenge them. They needed to be strong. We come to verse 36 of chapter 10. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You see, these people, like us, they need to be patient. They need to persevere. They need to stay the course. A phrase often used by my old headmaster when I was in junior school uh, would be this. Where is your stickability, boy? Now, I, I must be honest, on those occasions when I heard those words, where is your stickability, boy? This booming voice and the cane that he had in his hand 
meant that it was less of an encouragement to me and more of a threat. But here, it's an encouragement. And here are some words for us from James. James chapter 1 verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James gives us an encouraging description of the results that our efforts, if we stay with it, will make us mature. It, it will lead us on to maturity. It will lead us on to completeness. We will not be lacking anything. You see, we are a work in progress, working towards maturity, completeness. Hebrews 10, verse 37. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. So he's saying he will come. Have faith in him. When he comes, it will be at the right time. And when he comes, it will be in his time. But he is coming. The day is approaching. The day is still approaching for us. And here's some encouragement for us in our day as we wait for his return. We can go to Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. And this is what John says there. Or the words of Jesus that John tells us about. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty, that is the all-powerful God. Let's read uh, verse 37 and 38 and 39 of chapter 10. For in just a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but by righteous, and, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Notice the ands and the buts in this statement. Let me just read that through again. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved. You see, the writer has confidence here in his readers that they are not the ones who will shrink back. They are the ones who are saved. The ands and the buts in this statement, they're pointing to comparisons, two different things. It takes us back to what we have heard in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 to 8. But we can have confirmation that once saved you cannot be lost but you cannot be almost saved because almost saved is still to be lost it's a little bit like the seed in, in the parable of the sower the seed that fell on the rocky ground and we read about that and let's go to Matthew chapter 13 and read a couple of verses um, from that passage 
The seed falling on rocky ground refers to some who hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Those who shrink back are those spoken of in Hebrews 6 verse 4 to 8. Those who taste but refuse to partake. They taste of the word of God. They taste of the blessings of God's people. But it's only a taste. And having tasted, they refuse to eat. And they turn away. When conversion is genuine, then the saved cannot be lost. But there is a warning within this. We saw in verse 26 and 31 of chapter 10, the judgment on those who, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, who then reject the law of Moses, died without mercy. This is what the writer was telling us. He's saying, look back, look back. The judgment on those who, after receiving the knowledge of truth, who anyone who rejected the law of Moses would die without mercy. How much more would the punishment be for those who have trampled on the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? When we come up to verse 37, 38 and 39, although the writer refers to those who would fall back. The writer is sure that those who are truly saved will not be those who turn back. Listen to what Habakkuk says in 2 verse 4. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. If we go to Romans 1 verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. The righteous will live by faith. Now, as we um, approach this next passage i want us to read from 2 corinthians 4 verse 18 this is what it says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal this verse from Corinthians can lead us into hebrews chapter 11 where we have the answer to the question what is faith? Now, now, the writer saying, you are ready to hear this so that you can understand that you have not earned your salvation. It is by faith. Here we see the power of faith. 
You see, faith turns the things that we cannot see into reality. Faith gives us confidence in the hope that we have and gives us assurance of the certainty of that hope. The ancients had been commended. That means officially approved and accepted by God because they trusted in God's word without having to see the physical evidence of what he was telling them. They believed and trusted by faith. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. We didn't see God create the universe, but we believe by faith and that belief in his word and the faith we have in his word that he did. See, God created by the power of his word. We cannot create anything. We can only change things. We can only take something that's already there and then turn it into something else. But we can't create from nothing. Only God can do that. We can, in the following verses, see the power of faith in the lives of people. Faith at work when the Holy Spirit opens their hearts to their sin and bestows on them the grace to believe and to walk by faith. Hebrews 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Why was Abel's sacrifice accepted by God? It was because he had a faithful heart. It's because he was righteous towards God. He knew, like his brother Cain, that Sin had changed the relationship which their parents had with God and that relationship, that change in relationship, had passed down to them. He knew that like them, that they were sinners, cut off from God. He knew that the death of an animal was required to cover their nakedness. He knew by faith in God how to worship God and he worshipped God with faith in God. Genesis 4 verse 4 but Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering. Abel's worship of God was expressed in his act of faith when he offered his sacrifice. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 23 as he spoke to the, uh, the, the hypocritical religious leaders. Matthew 23, 36, 33 to 36. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify others. You will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zephariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, 
all this will come upon this generation. Notice how we have the reference there to Abel. And by faith, Abel still speaks even through his death, even to us today. How are we to worship God? We are to worship God by faith in God and with faith in God. Let's just finish with uh, the words from Stuart Townend song, By Faith. By faith we see the hand of God in the light of creation's grand design, in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness, who walk by faith and not by sight. Father, may we be those who are righteous in your sight and help us to walk by faith and not by sight. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.